Hello, and welcome back to our podcast. In our third episode, we'll discuss one of the ancient 1982 AP literature prompts. In many plays, a character has a misconception of himself or his world. Destroying or perpetuating this illusion contributes to a central theme of the play. Choose a play with a major character to whom this statement applies and write an essay in which you consider the following. One, what does the character... what the character's illusion is and how it differs from reality as presented in the play. Two, how the destruction or perpetuation of the illusion develops a theme of the play. Yeah, a big illusion in this play uh, starts with Gatsby and his inability to forget the past, uh, which is really uh, represented by this quote started by Nick. I wouldn't ask too much of her, I ventured. You can't repeat the past. Can't repeat the past, he, cri- he cried incredulously. Why, of course you can. This shows one of the central themes that Gatsby just refuses to repeat the past. And even though uh, it is literally impossible, he just uh, feverently denies it whenever Nick tries to bring it up. Yeah, Gatsby really wants to bring back the past and tries to um, ignore the fact that he's been separated from Daisy for nearly five years And this really hits him once he realizes that Daisy has a daughter. And so even if if, um, Gatsby were to somehow get together with Daisy once again, the daughter will always be a physical representation of her marriage to Tom. And that obstacle would make it very difficult for Daisy and Tom to separate because once they have a child, it's unlikely that the child will be able to get along with um, Gatsby. And... Gatsby just really tries to use his power and wealth to lure Daisy to his home and basically has no regard for the fact that he that's not necessarily the way he can get her back and forces Daisy to choose between him and Tom. And in the end, he falls short and Tom ends up winning. Yeah, going back to uh, Daisy's daughter, I think it really shows how Gatsby picks and chooses what he wants to believe and what he wants reality to be. Because when you see Nick saying that Gatsby didn't believe the daughter was real until he saw it, you can see that Gatsby needs proof to see that the reality around him has changed in the last five years. He decided that since he hadn't seen the daughter, maybe it wasn't actually real. Maybe he could still go back to the past and have this relationship that he thought he could with Daisy, but that's just because of him choosing not to accept the things around him as reality. Yeah. And you can tell he really believes in this illusion he has set up for him. And even his illusion, someone infects Daisy as well as near the end of the novel, when a Gatsby and Tom are arguing in the apartment, he forces Daisy to choose between him and Tom and they have this big fight. Gatsby wouldn't put basically it all on the line because of some illusion. He he really believes that this is the reality of the situation and that they can just ignore the daughter and the years of marriage and everything just for uh, their love and just representing uh, how he loves Daisy so much. Yeah, and even after the fight, um, Gatsby still has hope that Daisy will um, be with him because... At back at his house, he wants to keep a phone close to him at all times, just in case Daisy calls. And eventually, 
this um his life ends short and he's shot but for his whole life he's led to believe that daisy will be there one day one day in his future and we can see the reasoning for this is that the daisy and gatsby originally weren't together because gatsby just didn't have enough money and because of this when gatsby becomes extremely wealthy later on in his life he assumes that because of this he will now be more desirable to daisy but one of the things he fails to realize is his wealth still pales in comparison to what tom has and because of that daisy's years of marriage with tom there's just no way that she's going to leave Tom behind to be with Gatsby because it won't be that better life that Gatsby thinks he can give her. Um, she's already in a perfectly happy relationship with Tom and won't be gaining anything as far as wealth and power goes by going to Gatsby. Yeah, and I think Gatsby also has an inferior type of wealth. He only got his wealth because of this white-collar crime and all the gangsters he associated with his wealth didn't exactly come from good means. And that's why he will never really be one of those East eggs because in the beginning of the novel, it kind of separated the West egg and the East egg portion and the difference between old money and new money. Tom will always be superior to Gatsby because he was born into wealth and he has that quote unquote better type of wealth. And Gatsby just doesn't realize that, uh, he can never actually be with Daisy in that sense. Yeah, and like we talked about in the first episode, Gatsby in many ways is a product of the 1920s and the Prohibition era because he resorts to um, all these illegal white-collar activities. And in many ways, I kind of think that Gatsby is kind of this fictional character that could resemble someone like Al Capone, um, a gangster during the 1920s who commits a lot lot of white-collar crimes who doesn't accumulate his wealth in a moral way. Um, so I definitely think a character that could be compared to Gatsby. And then even though Gatsby thinks that he's rich, he his wealth is merely, it's just artificial. He tries to act like a rich person rather than, rather than actually being rich and uses the saying old sport like his mentor. He hosts a lot of parties and he, um, in his whole adult life, he tries to ignore his poor upbringing and acts like his cycle. He acts like he's part of some cycle of wealth that started with his ancestors. When in reality, um, a lot of his ancestors were poor and he's the only one who grew up somewhat wealthy. Yeah. And I think when we see how Gatsby is obtaining his wealth, it relates back to the American dream of how Gatsby thinks that even though he's poor, he's going to be able to become rich when he grows up. And I think because of this, when he struggles to find a way to get rich, he resorts to crime because he decides that that is the only way that he will be able to fulfill this American dream that he thinks he's entitled to. And I think that's one of the illusions of the American dream that sometimes generational wealth, you just can't obtain in one lifetime. It's just not something that can be done legally. Yeah, I think the whole concept of the American dream is what this whole novel is trying to get at and how it deceives like a lot of people and everybody looks to wealthy people and they're like, 
oh, they they achieved their American dream through such hard work when in fact it could just be like somebody like Tom who just got generational wealth and they think to themselves, I can do that, but in fact they can't. However, in spite of how much a lie the American dream is, the real lie is when Nick says, and I quote, I'm inclined to reserve all judgment, then proceeds to judge people the whole book. Yeah, and um, adding on to what Jeff said about the American dream, this illusion of the American dream is really present at the end of the novel. And the ending of The Great Gatsby is a dreary one where Nick realizes just how hopeless the American dream is. And throughout the book, Nick praises Gatsby and even names him the Great Gatsby because he sees his drive and how he embodies the American dream that we all want to believe is true. Thank you for listening to our third episode, and we hope you join us for our next season.